Tú me hiciste sentir que no valías Y mis lágrimas cayeron a tus pies Me miraba en el espejo y no me hallaba Yo era solo lo que tú querías ver Hola, bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Suela Pérez. And I'm Vero Ayati Flores, and we're two Latina friends with wildly different music tastes. Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love, and this week I'm bringing you an episode all about the best songs for drag performances. Yes, I um, am really glad to be doing this. Um, Perez, you did a lot of the research for this episode, um, so I'm just going to sit here and uh, let it all happen to me. <laughs> What awesome. do we have first? Awesome. Yeah, so this first song is the thing that inspired this episode for me, and it's a classic Gloria Trevi song called Todos Me Miran. Let's take another listen. In addition to uh, just these songs being like outstanding songs, like if you've been to a drag show before, you will know that like a drag performance is so fun and it requires like a very fun song. Mm -hmm. um, I'm so glad to be like celebrating drag queens right now mm -hmm. because uh, of all of the nonsense. Mm. Yeah, it's topical. I mean, also it's um, it's June, so it's Pride Month, so we always try to do something. I mean, we. We're gay every day of the week, but we try to do something special for That's June. right. Every every <laughs> single month we're gay. But. Yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and we have gay artists all the time and queer artists all the time. But yeah, we wanted to do something in particular for Pride Month. And yeah, it's like, who knew? I could never have imagined that drag queens would be politicized in the way they're being politicized. Like that even that they're on the radar. Can you of... even believe it? It <sighs> is just so absurd. Like, yeah. Drag queens reading stories are dangerous, but meanwhile, like assault weapons are fine. Like yeah, we're gonna ban make drag it make queens, sense, Lord. but not murderous weapons. Yeah, it's really, it's kind of dystopian, is what it is. Yeah. So, Drag Story Hour, folks don't know, is like a campaign for a few years now of like drag performers, mostly drag queens, but drag performers in general, like reading books to kids in libraries and stuff. And actually, my friend. Um, who I went to college with, whose drag name is Little Miss Hot Mess, is one of the people behind this program and this campaign. And um, she has two books for kids. I'll, I'll put links in the show notes to them. They're very cute. Um, one's called The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, Swish, Swish. And then the other one, I can't remember right now. 
Um, and yeah, she's like getting featured on Fox News and stuff all the time because of this, and gets I mean gets a lot of hate, um, horrible yeah. like hate mail, and you know it's and, yeah. and harassment. Um, but yeah, something as simple as somebody dressed up reading books to kids, you know. So also, have you ever seen kids at a drag story? Or are they fucking love it? No, of course, kids love an ostentatious outfit. Yeah, and makeup look. And I mean, know? it's just like. It's just like the most innocuous thing you could imagine. And like the fact that they've demonized it is just so wild. It's just wild. It's just wild. And unfortunately, like, you know, there's also it's turned into sort of some legislation in the South trying to to ban drag performances overall. Like, so it's, you know, this this has a big can could have a big impact, especially because drag is we talked about this in the show before that drag can be a source of income for people who otherwise yeah. might not have a lot of opportunities for income, especially trans folks. So not all drag performers are trans. Not all trans people are drag performers, right? It's like a Venn diagram. But for some people, especially trans women, it's a way to make a living. You know, it's mm-hmm. not hard hustle, but people do it. And so, yeah, it really threatens what is like a above board, legit legal livelihood for people. So it's a mess. It's a mess, but you know what? I want to focus on like the joy of this because that's a part of the resistance. So this song inspired me because it just, it's just the lyrics of it really kind of speak to drag and, you know, the soldated pelo, like all these little moments that she has. But then I went and looked at the video for this episode and actually the first person, like the first vignette in the video is a person who is um, dressing as a woman. So I don't know if they're trans or a drag performer or whatever. I think probably trans. It looks like it's more of like an identity thing, the way that she sets up the story. So it was like actually kind of beautiful to know that that, that was the purpose of this story. It wasn't, I wasn't mm, just like putting that mm-hmm, on to this, mm-hmm. the meaning of it. So that's really beautiful. And it, yeah, it tells the story of what looks like either probably like a parent child kind of thing. And then the child is like crying at the parent's feet and then kind of like dresses as a woman and then is like out in the world and you know, it's about, you know, those may meet on, but it's like in a proud way in a like they, they, they watch me and they're, they look at me and they're jealous of me, you know? So it's not about necessarily like harassment, but about like pride, which I think is really beautiful. And then um, the next vignette is a woman leaving an abusive like husband or boyfriend and with the same kind of energy. Right. So it's like, I think the story can, can kind of, be for anybody um but has a lot of connection to like feminine power you know and like just like being who you are and being with confidence in the world yeah yeah and i have to say i like to me it is so there's so much that's very brave about like being out in the world and having everybody just like staring at you and like this is what the song is about right it's about like yeah you being out in the world and everybody staring at you and like I like literally one of the top three things about New York City to me is that like I can wear whatever the fuck crazy thing I want to wear and like anybody else on the street has seen like at least eight wilder things that morning mm-hmm. so nobody cares like Nadia Mamita and that's one of my mm-hmm. favorite things <laughs> The anonymity, but you do get, but you do get like street harassment in New York. So it's I not do. like Nadia Mamita, right? No, but no, it's no. not. I do. Yeah. But it is like, there is like a level of like somewhat removing of that that happens in like really large cities because there's just so much stimuli that people have to like be like, you know, not be aware of some of it. And 
again, that doesn't mean that, like, you know, trans people in New York City don't get, like, stares or, like, queer harassment or gender yeah. nonconforming people don't get, like, stares or whatever here. But um, it's what I'm trying to say is that it's part of what I feel is right. makes my life easier in New York City. Is right. That, the culture that of New York. Is, mm-hmm. The culture of New York means that that's, like, somewhat reduced in some ways for some people. And, um, and it's, I'm, I'm just thinking about like, la carga mental, the, like, mm-hmm. it's like having to like live with everybody, like everybody's looks on you, you know, like, yeah, there's something that you can get that like, is beautiful from that. And then there's something that you can mm-hmm. get. It's like, just very exhausting. Also. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, and I think she's trying to emphasize like the the beauty part of it, but but you're right, it, there's like a double edge to it. Um, and I think you know, yeah, New York does have a culture of kind of like nothing really stands out, and we know that the people who experience harassment still get harassed in New York, like exactly visibly exactly. trans people, like women, you know, so people of color, mm-hmm. it's still it's still part of the culture there. Um, yeah, for sure. So we've brought, we've brought Gloria Trevi to the show before, and we've talked about her a little bit. She's a big advocate of the LGBT community, clearly, from this song. Um, but also, she has, like, a difficult, complicated past. She was in prison for four years. There's, like, a whole story about her and her manager slash, like, romantic partner of some sort or another. Um, slash abuser, maybe. Potentially like... abuser. Yeah, exactly. Um, being um, criminalized for... Um, corrupting minors quote-unquote um and she did serve prison time but the case was thrown out because there wasn't enough evidence so yeah i think when we talked about it years ago sort of like it seems like a situation where she may have been a perpetrator and a a victim um in that situation but she's had a whole kind of like second career post being incarcerated and this song actually came out in 2006 but yeah there's certain elements that like make a good drag song so okay any song can be a drag song right like there's no rules like any song can be a drag yeah. song, any performer. And I feel like any category of, of song has probably been done by some performer somewhere. So this is really just yeah. like my subjective ideas about what makes a good drag song. Also, I'm not a drag performer. I did one. I had one cameo in a drag king show many, many <laughs> years ago. Um, I am terrible. I can I can speak to thousands of people. But if you try to get me to be someone other than myself, I am terrible. Like I cannot act <laughs> at all. And so I was terrible in this drag yeah. king number that I don't I don't have any documentation of it anymore. But I was it was Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl. <laughs> and oh, I was the goodness. girl and it was a drag king. So it was this kind of funny like gender play thing. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So drag is a lot of of course drag is about gender play. So a lot of songs I think that make good drag songs are about gender talk about gender play with gender talk about gendered relationships gendered love Mm -hmm, so this mm -hmm. next one kind of falls into that category of um talking about gendered love in a way that could make drag fun so let's take a listen to ain't no other man by christina aguilera from 2010 
yeah, you've got the lyrics of the song that are like gender play. And then also, um, you know, drag is mostly lip syncing. Most people lip sync when they do drag mm-hmm, performances. Mm-hmm. So when you have like a big vocalist who has a lot of like big mouthy moves, like that also lends itself to drag. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so. You can also try to like imitate the vibrato. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's always fun. I know. A fun it's really fun. Move. Yeah, exactly. So that's, I think, what this brings to, to the table. Um, I don't think we've ever brought Christian Aguilera to this show. I don't think either of us are like big fans necessarily, but um, you know, I mean, I listened to her when I was like a young person, probably when she was popular, but I think by now most people know that she's half Ecuadorian. I think it was like not as necessarily well known or emphasized when she had her, like the first part of her career. It wasn't Um, exactly marketed for her. She was trying to go for like, I mean, she did keep her last name. Yeah, I mean, I, like, I feel like... like it, pretending yeah. she was a white girl. But I remember when she came out, I was like, Aguilera? Right. Yeah, Aguilera? it's, like, it's <laughs> like, hard to know. I was she, it up. Right. Was she pretending? Was she being marketed by someone? You know, it's like such a, a gray area, I think. And she's definitely, like, responded to that criticism and said, you know, like, I'm very connected to, like, my Ecuadorian identity. And, like, this has always been a part of who I am. And so... You know, quien sabe, right? Like, you never know. But you're right. She didn't. She could have been Christina Applegate or something, you know? Like, they could have changed right, her name right, and right. they didn't do that. She didn't so hide it. Yeah. That would have been the, like, real whitewashing, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I found I found ideas for songs from lots of different places. There's, like, a lot of drag queen playlists. Uh, there's also RuPaul's Drag Race, obviously, which is probably the thing that has, like, brought drag to sort of the cultural forefront outside of the queer community i think you could Mm -hmm. say it's been many many years of on on air um i'm a big fan i've been watching it for the last like maybe seven or so years not like religiously but right now i'm like staying pretty up to date with it but do you watch rupaul's drag race i do not i've seen like a few episodes but reality shows aren't really like the thing that i flock to so yeah it's not about the drug like you know i would yeah. i've felt bad that i'm not into it but right. i just you know it's, it's not, not my thing. genre of tv necessarily yeah i really like it but i like reality tv it's also just so it's they only feature drag queens um although there's a little bit more i mean so rupaul has gotten a lot of and we talked about this on the show before rupaul has gotten a lot of shit over the years for transphobia and like the different ways in which yeah, she's got the some, show she's got some things going on with has promoted transphobia stuff. but the yeah. cool thing is that you can see the um, the impact of advocacy and people pushing back on her over the years because it's it's markedly changed like they used to use language that was pretty like transphobic but also like misogynistic like fish for example is a is a term like calling a drag queen fishy meant that she is was that like more yeah. woman-like more passy more passy more woman-like which like yeah. equating fish with women is like i think a misogynistic thing around vaginas and vagina smells anyway there's a lot of things like that um they also used to have a segment called she male so that's another example that's like Ooh. very transphobic yeah that was like literally like male you know coming in um so they've They've uh, they've changed those things over the years, and then RuPaul also used to have a rule against having trans women on the show because Ooh. I don't know of whatever his thoughts about like the ways in which like hormones and surgical interventions like impacted drag, but that's not the case anymore. Actually, the last season was won by um, I think the first openly trans woman to win the show, so that was really cool. Oh, wow. And you know, I think people are recognizing that like drag is a thing of itself. It's not just about like being the quote opposite sex like right you can being in drag is not like there are cisgender female drag queens too um like being yeah, in drag is about is so a odd. performance 
I mean, it's odd, but it also, I, but I don't know. Actually, I don't think it's that odd. I feel like because because drag is like, it's not just like passing as a woman. It's a really particular no, no, type no, it is. of like it's a, it's a very, performance. Like, that's maybe how it started, but yes, it is yeah. a very particular type of performance. So yeah, it, exactly. Not, and so right. Yeah, it's a newer iteration of it. Maybe it's yeah, not they're historically called what's been true. Bio queens. Yeah, I mean, also historically, there haven't been. Uh, trans people have, haven't existed in this or have existed, but not with access to the same kinds of um, health interventions, right? That like change the way that they look. Although that's obviously yeah. like something that's being really challenged right now. So in the drag King space, there's like a lot, I think, I think trans men have been, had a presence in that world for a right, long time. Right. For a long um, time yeah. yeah. And maybe trans women in the drag queen space too, but not on RuPaul's Drag Race. But now it's, it's definitely like allowed. So I feel like drag is becoming more, also as like gender, sort of the understanding of gender is, is evolving right now. There's also like yeah, non-binary sure. drag performers who like are fucking with gender in seven different directions. And like, it's not, it's not just like female impersonator, male impersonator. It's like, all sorts of things, which I think is really cool and, and different. So, you know, RuPaul's Drag Race is like behind the curve, right? They're not at the top of it. They're not leading the forefront of these right, things. But, right, right, But there is more. Like RuPaul has like a rule, like he hates seeing pants on the runway, you know? So he's kind of old school in this like he's drag like queen way. Pants. Yeah, Lord. because they're not like feminine enough, you know? Oh, um, come on. Yeah. So it's a little bit like he's an old queen, you know, in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's mm-hmm. not trans. I don't think he identifies as trans, but he's, Mm-mm. you know, he's a drag queen. So, um, but yeah. yeah, I love, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. So some of the songs also, I think that Christina Aguilera song was actually a RuPaul's Drag Race song at some point. So they, you know, they do lip syncs as part of the show um, and yeah. certain songs. There have not been that many Latin songs that have come on, but there've been a few like Living La Vida Loca and things that, you know, I was like, we've talked about that song enough. You know, we don't need to bring it again. <laughs> um, so, but that, I think that Christina Aguilera song was one that I found on a list from the RuPaul's Drag Race. Nice, nice. Okay, so the next song, um, I don't know if anyone's ever done drag to this, but I think they should. I just discovered the song today as I was reaching this episode. So this is a song by Albita, who's not new to me, but this song is called Tacones. Let's take a listen. This is so great. 
this should right? definitely uh, <laughs> be somebody's drag song yeah. if it isn't already. I know. I mean, I imagine like I, I've, I've been told. I don't even remember how I heard this, but I've been told that like at some point on South Beach they were like Alvita impersonating drag queens. So hopefully somebody uh, did this song. <laughs> yeah. This is from 2009. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's about high heels. So you know, it's like a definitely an iconic. Um, not all drag performers wear heels, but many of them do. And so, I, yeah, the, the lyrics just really work for it. And then, you know, Alvita is, you know, an iconic, openly queer, lesbian, you know, Cuban salsa singer. So yeah. I think she's, a, I'm always trying to like lift her up a little bit more because she's not, have, get a ton of attention. One thing that I love about this song is that it's sung by a cis woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like about her gender affirming clothing options. Yeah. And yeah. like something that like a piece of clothing that like makes her feel powerful and mm-hmm. makes her feel her and the most like she can dance the best in these shoes. Mm-hmm. And like it's so interesting because I think that um, a lot of times in conversations around like gender affirming like either surgeries or clothing or you know anything people um, talk about it as if it's the exclusive realm of uh, trans people mm. but meanwhile like you know cis people are getting boob jobs and mm. like <laughs> getting cis men are getting leg lengthening surgeries and like you know like doing like all these things that like affirm their idea of their own gender and what you know like what it they should they would want to look like in their gender and in their body Mm -hmm. um and making clothing choices about the same thing and it's just like this is like just like a marker of gender generally and we all Mm -hmm. have one of those Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know and and, Mm -hmm. And I, I love that about this song. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really, you're right. You're totally right. And and it's what's like, makes no sense about certain, trying to prohibit certain types of like medical treatments for trans people because, you know, you'll, you allow a cis man to get testosterone if his libido is low or whatever it is, right? If his counts are low, but if a trans man does it, then it's not allowed. Like it's the logic doesn't, doesn't track, you know, like all of these things are gender Attempts mm-hmm. to affirm gender, right? It's just about one that's a societally acceptable, one that isn't, you know. And so, um, but yeah, I think it's really beautiful to like honor and worship femininity in its own way, right too, and like these like elements of femininity that um, I think often get derided also because of misogyny, right? Like, why would anyone want to be a woman or dress like a woman? Um, right, right. That's exactly right. And uh, what's cool about this, too, though, is because, like, Alvita, you know, she also has, like, some iconic looks that are very masculine, like her in a, in a suit and, like, with, like, these, like, hats that are more masculine. So it's kind of cool to have her singing this song. You know, I, th- I think her gender is, I don't know how she identifies, but um, in terms of what I've seen, her perform- her gender sort of expression has been eclectic, right? There's, like, she doesn't sort of swing one way or another. And obviously, you know, so having her as, like, an openly queer woman also affirming this part of her gender expression I think was really beautiful yeah I love that you know like our genders can shift like with like Mm -hmm. the years or the time of day or our mood or whatever and it's so great I saw somebody (laughs) I saw somebody post (laughs) this pin that said every time you get mad about gender we invent a new one (laughs) (laughs) 
It's true. That is it's just true. so good. It's true. This is so good. I love yeah, it. Yeah, these so things much. are always evolving. They're always evolving. It's like fashion, you know? It's just it's never it's never just, ending like, evolution. Imagine some exasperated conservative person getting angry. It's like, oh, we're adding a new one to the list. Sorry. It's like a whack-a-mole, you know? <laughs> it's like you try to stop one thing and then it pops up somewhere else, you know? Yeah, it's been interesting. I don't know how you felt about this because you have a lot of family in Florida too. This like there's been this like knee jerk sort of like anti Florida thing happening because of like the political mm. landscape in Florida. And it really I like hate that so upsetting. Much. It's so, it's so upsetting. and stupid. Yeah. And it's always the people in the Northeast. I'm going to call out my own fucking, uh, you know, comrades over here yeah. on, the, on the Northeast and in fucking California who are always like, uh, want to divest from yeah. Florida or divest from the South or divest from like the Midwest or divest from like whatever place that has been like completely divested from and gerrymandered already. It's like you actually have no idea like what people living and are going, you know, like what people believe in these states. Like just because like people have been like completely disenfranchised out of being able to express their political realities does not mean that you should be like, oh, fuck Florida. You know, it's so, it's so silly. It's so silly yeah. and it's very myopic and um, pretty generally classist and racist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I find it really upsetting because like my, you know, the Cuban community is in Miami, you know, and like, and also like partially responsible for the conservatism like right we can't just like ignore that and same thing with venezolanos right but it's like there's also such an important for me it's like it's a cultural home and it's not somewhere that i want to divest from or somewhere that i want to say well fuck florida or like just sort of like let go down with the ship you know like it's like we have to and obviously like the people in the state of florida who have been fighting this fight for a long time are not gonna stop and also like trans people have existed way before states have ever sanctioned it you know like this is being trans is just an existence and people have have found ways to be trans even without you know the sanctioning of the health system or the political system or whatever so it's not you can't actually yeah. like erase yeah, people even if you're going to make people's material reality really difficult so yeah. Ugh, it's such a mess um mess all right, so we've been talking mostly about like drag queen songs. Although again, any anybody of any gender could do any of these songs, but um, I wanted to bring a song that I actually heard from a drag king performance the other night. Um, it was a really cool party called Roqueros. So that was the theme of the party. The party's called Cafecito, but the theme of that night was Roqueros, which is like not my thing really, but it was fun to see a different type of music um, being played in this space. So let's take a listen to one of the picks from that night, which is called Devuelveme a mi chica by Thalia and David Summers. Estoy llorando en mi habitación Todo se nubla a mi alrededor Ella se fue con un niño pijo Tiene un Ford Fiesta blanco y un jersey amarillo. Por el parque les veo pasar. Cuando se besan lo paso fatal. Voy a vengarme de ser. De ser. Voy a llenarle el cuello de, de polvos picos. 
yeah, so I was at this drag, sh um, this, it's a like Latinx, like Latine, you know, monthly party. Shout out to Christy, my DJ friend who also DJs this party. It's called Cafecito and there's two drag kings that host it. And this was, this night was, was themed as rockero. So it was really interesting because it was very different music than you might associate with drag performances. And it was, yeah, the drag kings that host it. But again, it's very gender bendy, you know, like I don't really even know what people were doing with gender and there was people of different genders performing which was cool <clears throat> and the music was very eclectic and like there was like somebody performed like a corn song like it was all over the map just like really interesting but um this was one of the songs that one of the hosts uh, rico pico uh, performed to and so the song is from 1985 it was a spanish rock classic song by los hombres G, who are a rock band from spain this is i think their big hit and um so I want, I found this cover that Talia, a Mexican singer that we've talked about many times, and also she has her own. She has a couple of other tracks that could be drag songs on there of their own right, but I didn't bring them. Definitely. I didn't want to repeat her. Um, but yeah, she has a number of ones that I'm sure have been done. But I thought it, I just wanted to talk about um, both like that there's lots of different types of music that you need to drag to. It doesn't have to be these like power ballads or a particular type of pop song. Um, and so this was a really recent example. And, um, and yeah, I, while like in the media, drag queens, I think take, get way more attention. My like personal kind of experience of drag has mostly been like drag kings, um, because that's like the community that I'm a part of in DC. And so like, I don't, I've, I don't know that I've ever gone to, I've gone to some, again, now also like the gender lines are not so strong anymore. Like of it course, used to be very yeah. like drag queens over here and drag kings over there. And now there's more mixed shows with people of all different genders, including this one. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting to think about like RuPaul's drag race has never had a drag king, you know, and I don't know that they ever would. And like, I think part of it is that it doesn't seem as outlandish to have a woman dressing like a man because everyone wants to be a man, you know, like that that's like the acceptable sort of right. cross dressing. Like I get way less attention for wearing men's clothes on the street than a trans woman would get for wearing women's clothing. Like, not, mm -hmm. no comparison. And like, yeah, I get some attention sometimes for gen gender not conforming, but it's like no comparison to what if like, a, even if a cis man wore a skirt, like wild amount of attention you're going to get. So, yeah. and then like gay men also have this, like, I feel like they have, we've talked about this on the show before that gay men just get more media attention. And so because drag queens are sort of part of gay male culture, I think there's this like corollary there that the, where the, there's like more room for that kind of I don't know it's it's a complex it's like set of dynamics that I think shape the fact that you know probably more people in the world have seen like straight people for example have seen a drag queen than a drag king you know like I just well, think that they... I don't know if you've had this experience I have it's been a while since I've been to a drag show it's not something that I've like um, done a ton of like, or like with any regularity, like I've been to uh, countless drag shows in my life, but I don't, it's not like something that like, Oh, let me go to my regular, you know, drag brunch. It's not like that for me. Um, but I think I've been to one drag King show in DC with you. <laughs> mm, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> and, um, and I've been to a bunch of drag queen shows, but I feel like the last, some of the last few times that I went, I was so annoyed because there were like, 
I was trying to have, like, a gay little date or something, and there were, like, these, like, hordes of drunk straight women having their little bachelor party, bachelorette situations. And I'm like, why are you here? Why is, like, debauchery equate our people to you like like this, it was just like that was like so insulted and so annoyed on so many levels i'm like this is not why i came yeah but um yeah. i think that it, it's also like depends on where you know like i think that maybe like there's also like some all sorts of different drag scenes and mm-hmm. um because it, i'm not like a regular maybe like i don't know like the spots but like i remember one time i went like oh god i think i was in boston um, which is not <laughs> sorry to anybody in Boston, but I really do not like it there. Um, but it was just like, I, I hated it. I hated that. It was like, why are you all here? Um, but maybe I'm just being a hater. Drag is maybe for everybody. Yeah, I think it's complicated, right? Because I think, yeah, and this is like a definitely a debate about whether or not like what spaces are for who and like what kind of celebrations are appropriate in certain spaces. And there's definitely like a, a trope about like particularly bachelor parties and gay bars and like people having a lot of feelings about that. Um, and yeah, I think there's also like an interesting relationship between straight women and gay men that also kind of like connects to their relationship with drag Queens. Um, even mm. though not all drag Queens are gay men, but it's like in that scene. Right. Um, and you know, yeah. part of me is like, these people are on a hustle and those, if those, if those, um, bachelorette parties are like kind of treating yeah, like so going to the strip club, the dollars, I right. hope, that, I hope that they at least know that they need to tip the girls. Yeah. Right. But like you have to tip the dancers. And so, you know, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's complicated. And like, how do you have an yeah. inclusive space that then doesn't become dominated by people who are there as if it's like a zoo, you know, to be, yeah, yeah. to be watched. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's exactly really, right. It's really complicated. I think that that's the vibe, the zoo vibes yeah. that I really dislike. No, it's not like you can't be here. It's just like, why do you come here for a night that you're supposed to like be having like a debauched, crazy night? And your definition of that is us, right? <laughs> you know, and then like, like yeah, that's like so trying to weird. to bring all this attention to the Bachelorette and whatever. And it's like, yeah, I feel like a strip club seems like a more appropriate place for that kind of vibe, but. You know, yeah. I'm not a I'm not a drag performer, so I don't I don't yeah, I don't wanna like speak to what they want in those spaces. But yeah, as a participant it can be frustrating. Um so I don't yeah, I don't I don't go to those spaces as much. And like drag brunches and stuff are definitely much more like drag queen representation than drag king representation, which is also interesting. Yeah, dynamics around gender are fascinating to me. Yeah, for but sure. I love that I took you to a drag show, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, whenever there's a drag show I'm gonna go. Like I, I kinda I enjoy it. I like to, and it's also like to, you get to go out, but there's an entertainment that isn't drinking. So I'm like, I'm not a big drinker. So it's nice when there's like a show, yeah, something else yeah. going on, you know? I like drinking just fine. And also really despise that. It's like the one way that we've like, the one thing that we've like, you know, chosen to uh, centralize about our socializing, you know? Um, yeah. because I do have a, a bunch of people in my life that maybe don't drink or I don't know, sometimes you just want to do something different. Well, yeah, on that vein, let me give a shout out to this. Uh, there's actually a new queer bar, um, in town in DC called as you are. That's like run Ooh. by queer. It's like hard to know what language to use anymore, but it's not run by queer men. <laughs> it's not, it's not run by, um, cis men. It's definitely folks from like the a fab, um, community. 
And mm-hmm. um, it's that's where this party was. And it's where this party happens every month. And it was my first time going, actually, when I went to the show. And it's a it's a space that's not centered around drinking. Like, there is alcohol. There is a bar. But the first floor is, like, a cafe. And you can get, like, tea and coffee, even, like, late night. And people are playing, like, video. And people are playing board games. And then upstairs, there's a dance floor and a bar. <clears throat> and then the back room, which, like, for the night of the show was the place for the performers to, you know, be backstage mm-hmm. is normally mm-hmm. like a game room, like where people can play like video games and stuff. And so it's like, it's a very, oh, I think it's a sweet. very sweet environment. Yeah. It's not trying to be cool at all. It's not like yeah. hip, you know, but it's very inclusive and very much like kind of like a community space feel. So I really appreciated that about it, that like everyone you could go and feel comfortable and you don't have to feel like self-conscious necessarily. And like, there was someone like on the dance floor in their Crocs and I'm like, cool, you know, like whatever, like come as you are, you know, which I guess is where the name comes from. So, um, I think there is more effort to try and create spaces. Obviously also drinking is how, how these spaces make money. So that's part of the issue is that alcohol is. Yeah. Yeah. There was a while back where there was a while back where I was reading a thing about like, um, nightlife regulars bemoaning like nightlife quote-unquote tourists but Uh. like it's like bitch the regulars are like not paying a cover because you're on the dj's list and then you're not drinking because you think it's annoying to wait at the bar and then you're just like not spending any money here and like all the people who are like this is their one night out of the year that they have are like going all out and they're making it possible for us so i was like okay cool cool yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm right. appropriately dragged. <laughs> <laughs> you're the regular, like, rolling your eyes. And you're like, oh, Yeah, wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, it's true. Like, I'm going to where my friends are DJing, and they put me on the list, and I'm mm-hmm. too annoyed to wait at the bar for a drink, so I don't, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. they need to make money somehow. Uh-huh. It's true. All right. The next song kind of gets at the the element of drag that is, like impersonating famous people impersonating often like musicians i think that's like a singers it's like an element of drag that sometimes people go for it's like trying to impersonate and so i feel like this woman would be probably at the top of the list of like most impersonated people by drag performers so let's take a listen to el chico del apartamento 512 by selena
gotta love a Selena drag queen. I mean, she's got so many good looks. So many good looks. Um, so many iconic outfits. I feel like she's on, on that list would be like Cher and like Dolly Parton. I don't know who else you would put on that list of people that like probably get impersonated by drag queens all the time. But it's just like these women with really with really iconic looks, big hair. Yeah. The iconic women. There was a drag queen at my like, you know, my sob story bar that was my favorite that closed. Um, but Lady Jasmine used to do uh, some really, really amazing Whitney Houston co- Whitney you know, Houston like versions. Mm-hmm. She used to mm-hmm. do a Whitney, mm-hmm. um, who I think is, you know, just any that anyone who's like, Anybody who did, or if it was still regularly running, might have made it onto a VH1 Divas (laughs) (laughs) show. True. Is a great candidate for Diana Ross, for example, another another good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I feel like Selena, Selena drag queen, Selena impersonating drag queens is definitely a thing. Um, So. You know, she's got a lot of great songs. You could take a pick from many of them, but this one I like because it's the whole like crush on a neighbor trope, which gives you a lot to work with theatrically. Mm-hmm. I've actually never seen, I've never seen a Selena drag performer, like a person impersonating Selena. I've definitely seen Selena drag songs, but. <clears throat> oh, interesting. I'm pretty sure I have. Part of what I think you would like about RuPaul's Drag Race is like the artistry that goes into the makeup yes, and the clothing. I do, I do. I follow some drag queens on Instagram, yeah, and they're yeah. especially like the weird ones. Mm, I love. Oh, the weird I'm sure ones. you like the weird ones. Do you follow Milk? <laughs> <laughs> I don't follow Milk, but I follow Hungry, and Hungry. she's <laughs> so good. Oh my god, I don't think I've seen Milk was on RuPaul's Drag Race and um, is a New York City queen. Of course, the New York City queens are the weirdest. And yeah, I was always doing very conceptual things. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was really interesting. Um, but yeah, Hungry sounds like another fun one. So yeah, just the level of artistry and the padding and the things that people do to, yeah, transform their bodies to to look in these theatrical ways is pretty incredible. So, um, But I'm, I'm sure somebody's done that Selena bodysuit from this, from the oh, like God. purple bodysuit. Yes. Yeah. I, it's a total must. I think that would be good right now. I feel like that would be in. It'd be like fashionable in this moment okay the last song for this main episode represents another trend which is that a lot of these drag performers then themselves put out music because they get a big enough following to have songs original songs and things like that so this is a song by valentina who we'll talk about in a minute and it's called a prueba de todo
So Valentina was on Drag Race, RuPaul's Drag Race, um, U.S. Now there's actually there's a there's a Spain Drag Race, there's a Mexico Drag Race. So it's it's an inter- Thailand. It's an international phenomenon now. <clears throat> but she was on episode um, season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, and um, I feel like she had she had a pretty big following. She didn't last that long. But she had a very big attitude. <laughs> At one point, she lost a a, um, a lip sync because she didn't know the words. And she had, like, her costume involved, like, a covering over her mouth. So she kept the covering over her mouth. <laughs> and then RuPaul was like, you have to take it off. And then she just, like, obviously didn't know any of the words. <laughs> it was, like, very funny. Oh, my God. Um, that's so funny. But she's, she's Mexican-American. She's first generation. And she did a lot of, like, very culturally themed drag. Like, her drag was very culturally rooted. And so, um, and then she got to come on um, All Stars, which is another thing now that, like, they have these all-star seasons with people from past seasons and they get to compete again. Um, and so, yeah, this is a song that she put out. Um, so they get, you know, they get enough of a following then. You know, she didn't write the song. Not exactly clear which is her voice in there. Um, so they have, you know, a lot of support from other musicians because they're not necessarily, you know, coming to this from a musical background. Some of them are better than others in terms of singing. But, um, but yeah, she has enough of a following that they she put out a song. Amazing, amazing. Yes, I have heard of Valentina. Yeah, she's pretty popular, I think. Um, and you know, there are not that so, like, of the there's been like, I don't know, probably like 15, uh, 17, 18 seasons of drag race in the US, including all stars. And there's only been a small handful of like Latine drag contestants. Um, but it's like a growing minority, you know, it's like every season there's more, and um, there's been mm-hmm. some pretty incredible folks. I really like Bianca Del Rio, who's like a very much like a comedy queen. So she's like, yeah, it's, her stuff is all about comedy. She's very funny. Um, and then also Adore Delano. It's like this very like irreverent kind of like punk <laughs> like vibe. They're just like they all have their own thing. Like they all, I don't know. It's really, I really love it. Um, I'm a pretty big fan. So, so yeah, there's it's a growing body of people. And then now, yeah, now that they're having a whole, its own spinoff in Mexico, I think Valentina might, she was she's judging. I heard she was judging some new show that was coming out. Um, yeah, it's just like a growing body of people who are benefiting from this phenomenon and the interest in, in people watching these performers who have to act, they have to sing, they have to dance, they have to do comedy, mm-hmm. they have to mm-hmm. do their own makeup, they have to make clothes on the spot. Like, it's incredible. Like the the range of skills that they are asked. Yes, to. the range of skills is really truly something. Yeah. So, you know, cheers to them for that. Yeah, I do. I do really enjoy the artistry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot to admire. And it's like, I don't do makeup or clothing in any way near the way that these folks do. But I can enjoy, I can enjoy the artistry behind it and enjoy watching it. Um, So, yeah. Amazing. Oh, I actually just saw, sorry, I was looking at the thing about Valentina and she came out as non-binary in 2019, but still uses she, her pronouns. Um, and yeah, there's more drag race alum also who like, there are women who are people who are on the show and not out as trans and then came out as trans later because they, you know, there was a sort of like prohibition of being trans and then sometimes people come out as trans on the show. Like there's a lot of stuff like that that happens as well. Um, and yeah, she's apparently one of the most followed Queens from drag race. So amazing. Well, thanks for letting me geek out about drag, y'all. I hope that you also have some favorite um, 
drag performers, drag numbers, and that you, yeah, even if you don't want to watch TV, you can follow these folks. A lot of, there's a lot of people who are coming up on Instagram and TikTok too, kind of creating their own following through those platforms, which is really cool. So yeah, for sure. Send some love to the drag performers these days. They could use it. Yeah. Support in any way you can. Thank you so much, Bettis, for doing all this research. I love hearing about it. You're welcome. And yeah, happy Pride Month, y'all. Do something life-giving. It's important. Yes, be gay, do crimes. Be gay, do crimes. (laughs) 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 Mail hormones to your friends in the fucked up states. Whatever you got to do. As always, all the info about these songs are in our show notes at RileyMinea.com. And thank you so much to Maite for helping us edit. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. We have a cute little newsletter where we have all of our various things that we talk about, like things we're into, um, things that we don't talk about anywhere else. So sign up for that if you want to hear about it. Hasta la próxima, y'all. Hasta la próxima. Hasta la próxima.